Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We have another exciting interview scheduled right now, going into your ears, with the wonderful Peter Payne from JList.com. Say Hello. hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. <laughs> with your new microphone sounding all good. Yeah, yeah. How is how is life over Japan's side? How's how's the weather um, doing over there? That's a very Japanese question to start off right with. Right now it is rainy season and it's kind of I'm bummed that I'm here in Japan for rainy season because I usually uh, arrange my schedule so that I'm in California for this time of year so I don't have to have dreary weather every day. That's uh, that's right because it's right around Anime Expo time and I know right, in yeah, past years you've been there. Ready. What is anime? Yeah, I I saw that there are there are 55 anime conventions in July and August in the United States. How ridiculous is that? 55. Yeah, it's, uh, I love conventions. I wish we could get to more of them. People always ask us, hey, we've got this convention in you know, our corner of Texas. Can you come? And you know, the answer is almost always no, we can't because you know, it's just so hard to get. In, in order to do a convention properly, we have to have our trailer. We have to have all of our stock. And then we can do a good convention. But if it's... You know, more than 24 hours of driving from California, it just becomes very, very difficult to pull off. Uh, we are going to plan to do a central, Anime Central, uh, next year, by the way. So if you're in Chicago, you can come and see us there. Oh, good. Do, do you think that you'd be able to get to more anime conventions if they were a little more spread out? Um, the, the main problem is our location is kind of bad. There, we, we calculated, like, if we were going to be a convention-only company instead of an online company, where would be our best, the best location that we should be located in? And it was something like Ohio maybe would be good. Then we could do all of the East Coast conventions. We could get down to Texas once in a while, and then we would just not do, or we could still get out to, you know, like Anime Expo maybe. But, uh, you know, this the, the California conventions... There's several good conventions, and then there's then there's conventions that are just far enough away that it's just really hard to do them. I'd love to do, you know, we, we used to do uh, Acon every year, so we did our road trip out to Texas, and it was really fun. Meanwhile, me and all my friends were, you know, older. We've got different different things we're doing, so it was just really hard to pull off. And then gas got really expensive too, so that was kind of like, eh. So speaking speaking of Anime Expo, I heard you mention that you're gearing up for it. What do you expect is going to be the hot thing at conventions this year for merchandise? Oh, uh, you never know. We're just we we bring so much different stock. We like whatever is popular. We should have something on the table. Obviously, we're focusing on uh, the games. We do the the, the translated Aragay and visual novels. Uh, we just came out with San Arcana, which is a really really nice high end, um, just really good JRPG. Uh, with adult content, and then we've got Super Sunday Cover rushing to get out in time. I think we're going to make it, but we'll see. Um, and so, if you're at the convention, that will be the big, uh, the big thing at our booth. We'll have lots of Sunnyco merchandise. Also, we're now an official Toho shop, so we'll, we always bring a lot of special Toho stuff just for the show because we can get you know special goods that that like nobody else should be able to get. Oh, that's exciting. So there'll be a lot of Toho stuff at our, at our booth. Yeah, we're pretty familiar with, with Say Naidu Kana at this point because of our anime character battle. And and, oh, nice. and thank you again for that. And I've been I've been tempted on multiple occasions to buy it because it because it looks so good. <laughs> He's watched the trailer no less than twenty it, times, it's true. I would say. It's true. And uh yeah, it's really like as a person who grew up on, on JRPGs, it's really like nostalgic for me. I've been I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so so with that Supersonico stuff, for those of us who can't make it out to Anime Expo this year and we'll, we'll cry in our coffee mugs as, as the convention is happening, 
will all of that be available on jlist.com and jbox.com as well? Yes, yes. You can pre-order it. If you pre-order it now, you get 10% off and you can order it when the game comes out. And it'll be, I think usually we we sh- we we rush to get it out for the convention. Then it actually ships after the convention. So it'll 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 start to go out after we get back from the convention. That's the, the, the physics is always quite hard to pull off. And last year was really fun because we had uh, we had Anime Expo. Then we had two days off. Then we had San Diego Comic-Con. So it was basically one gigantic Comic-Con season. We couldn't even unpack our trailer before we had to, to do the next show. So uh, this year we've got a nice two-week gap, so it'll be we'll have more leeway. We had, we had a con season like that once ourselves where it was back-to-back weekends for two or three weekends in a row, and that got pretty exhausting. Florida, so Florida is ridiculous. There's eight anime cons in two months. Wow. <laughs> it's like, wh- why? It's just too many. They should, they should consolidate them. They had to merge. Yeah, it'd be nice if they would, if they would, if you had four really well-run cons instead of eight smaller cons. I, I, I completely agree. What we hate is like a lot of shows. Most shows are three-day cons, and so we, you know, we we drive all this way, and then we have a three-day con. Well, let's do four-day cons, and we wish more shows would go to four days. And that's when we're we're willing to to make that extra drive because we can get you know extra sales to, to cover it so like uh phoenix com uh, phoenix comic convention is just a really great show it's like our favorite show um and it's like three and a half days mm. they have that, that preview day kind of thing i think i think a lot of conventions are moving to the four-day model though there's there's a, quite a few conventions even in the florida circuit that i've seen begin to move toward the three and a half four-day sort of yeah. model as as time has gone on time has gone on I bet it helps dealers, and then if it if, if you win the battle to get more of the dealers, then you can win the battle to get more of the the con goers. If you're like you know competing with other cons, exactly. And then if once you get more con goers, you get better guests, and you get better guests, and you get more con goers, and then all of a sudden it becomes the chicken and the egg. <laughs> right. So but- I see. Like like anime is is a great field. I love it, but it's not terribly like economically vibrant. It's not like it's, it's sort of growing. It's it's growing, but like the the you know so much of it is not necessarily. It's like like growing. The, the the users who are looking at stuff online sometimes they're pirating it, or sometimes they're looking at you know on the streaming sites. Um, and like the cons are the one area where I really see that that things are just growing like crazy. So when we try to get, we have a wholesale uh, wing, and so when we try to get wholesale customers, that's what we're that's where we're usually getting them at is, is people who sell at cons, uh, you know, dealers who sell at cons. So that's a nice, a nice area to help move anime forward at least. That's something that we've talked about at length before, how right. merchandise on our, on our regular podcast, how merchandising is really helping support the anime industry, especially here in the West, even more than the sales of the actual media itself, but right. all of the, the figures and, and toys and whatnot. So before before we move on to to any to another topic, is there anything else in the world of JList and JBox.com that you want to make sure people know about? Any other exciting things, figures, snacks, anything else that people would well, want to hear? That we've we've got lots of uh, things in the pipeline. We've got lots of announcements that we'll be doing at our show at or, or at our uh, panel at Anime Expo, and uh, so just watch our space and watch our social media. We're on uh, social media, facebook.com slash jlistcom, and we're on Twitter at, at jlist, and I'm on Instagram at, at jlistcom. So 
uh, look there for any news that we'll be announcing soon. Excellent. Can you give us a sneak peek? Oh, just new games, things like new that. Games? A, a new A new project involving things that are delicious to eat and other things. So we'll be, we'll be starting some new stuff soon. I, I like things that are delicious to eat. That That is music to my ears. <laughs> Excellent. Well, so I I, I do want to kind of shift gears and and disclaimer, I this I hope this isn't a bomb to drop on you, uh, Peter. But I think it I think it could lend itself for a very interesting topic if you're willing to discuss it. And sure. I think it's a very timely topic. Um, as I'm sure you've heard, there was recently one of the largest mass shootings in the U.S. Uh, right. at Pulse in Orlando. Yeah. yeah, it was the largest the in largest. the history of the U.S. Yeah, yeah. and um, I mean, we we talked about it briefly on the show because we actually got our start in Orlando, so it was something that kind of hit pretty close to home for us. But I I want what I wanted to talk about is I wanted to kind of use that as a springboard to potentially one. Talk about how media coverage might be different between the Japan and the U.S. and how Japanese news outlets are covering, if they're covering it at all, and Japanese sentiment toward things like that. And then maybe even discuss a bit of, of Japanese gun laws, because I have my perception of what it is, but you've obviously been in Japan a lot longer than I ever lived in Japan, and, and I think it could be a very interesting topic. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, sure, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. So basically, the the coverage of the shooting of the the really sad event, um, you know, there, there was coverage, uh, you know, lots of t talking about it. Of course, Orlando is a place that Japanese people go because of Disneyland, Disney World, um, and and so that was part of it. But I think, like like my sort of impression is that that kind of event and and the the daily life in Japan is so different. It's it's literally like talking about events on Mars and and Venus or something like that. It's it's so outside of the the you know happily outside of the experience of what Japanese have in their lives that that it was just sort of you know okay here are the events here's what happened here's what we know you know and and some follow up news things like that but it really wasn't like huge news because it's you know like how do you sort of even like understand it or like from the Japanese point of view they can't really understand why these kinds of things happen. Um, obviously they've, you know, as with all of us, they've seen the news reports whenever they happen. Oh, there's my, excuse me, there's my alarm clock going off. Okay. That sounds very do peaceful. Compared to <laughs> yes, mine, do you want me to start like... over anything? Uh, no, you're fine. Okay. Anyway, uh, so there is, you know, the, the, when these kinds of things happen, they are reported and, and Japanese sort of, pause and and think about how lucky they are because they don't have to do these things they don't have to deal with these kinds of sad events almost almost never i mean it's just so unthinkable the only gun violence you have in japan is almost always um you know yakuza versus yakuza so like there was a shooting in mayabashi which is a city next to us and and some yakuza didn't pay some of the yakuza so he shot him in a bar and he died and it was like it was. I literally remember that from like eight years ago because that was the only other one I can think of. That's that's how rare those kinds of things are here in Japan, um, and it's that's a really wonderful thing. Like there was a girl who was murdered in a bathroom in a park, and it was like, hey man, there's a girl who's murdered in a. You know, it's, it's such a rare thing to have in Japan that that it becomes, you know, legendary 
when it happens, it's so rare. And then of course, you know, they're, they're not, it's, unfortunately they're not rare events, uh, you know, in, in the U S I remember, because, I, I, I remember I was told once that in Japan, when there is a, a, when there is a gun shooting and someone is killed, it almost certainly makes national news. Do you, do you still find that, that, that that's generally the case for, for the country? Yeah, certainly. Um, and, and just to sort of let people like like the, the basics of Japan's approach to guns is they are you know very strictly controlled. They are I actually had a, a I have an American friend who wanted to get his hunting license, and I was sort of getting information on what on his process for doing that just so I could you know write about it on the on my blog at some point. And he basically had to uh, prove that he was of good character. And, uh, you know, obviously he had to t take a basic, um, you know, screen to make sure he didn't have mental problems. And then and then the police like came out and interviewed him and just sort of took a look at his at his life and how, you know, how balanced everything was. And then he got his his gun license. And so mainly he lived in Nagoya or he lives in Nagoya and, uh, you know, they have bears there and he wanted to have. A gun in case bears approach oh, me, could scare them off or shoot them or something. Um, no, I've I've heard that process sounds familiar to me. Back when I was studying abroad in 2009, this was in the Osaka area. I was staying with a host family, and of course, all kinds of topics came up. And they were talking about how difficult it was to basically get approved to have a gun in Japan and not even like a fancy gun, but a, a hunting rifle, a very right. simple, simple gun is one. Is that still true where, where the types of guns that even if you are approved that you can have access to are very limited. And then the other thing that I heard and, and you might know with your friend was that those rigorous tests had to be redone every six months or every year or 18 months. I forget what the interval was, but the the point of it was that every once in a while you had to freshen up on those tests to basically say that you hadn't gone crazy uh, since you passed them the first time. Do you know if that's true or not? Um, yeah, I mean, sure, you'd have to to you know re-update your tests and make sure that you would you know just a reminder, like you know there'll be like rules about how to store your weapon, and then you'd have to officially say yes, I'm still following these rules, and and you know. So yeah, it was just it's just like I had I had another friend too, and he he had a bicycle shop called Remington, and the reason he named it Remington is because he also had a big collection of Remington rifles, and 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 he also told me about how like he had this very special you know relationship with the the police, and that allowed him to to get you know permission to have these these guns, and he had to take all these special precautions to make sure nothing you know they didn't get stolen or anything like that. So, so basically, guns are a part of Japan, but only for hunting and only for, you know, under certain conditions to make sure that 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 you know these kinds of problems don't exist in terms of you know obviously you know shootings and things like that, um, and and obviously like like people make all kinds of arguments, and I I want to make sure I'm I'm not you know. I say I have my opinion, but I, I like as jailist, I wouldn't I wouldn't ever like write and give an opinion. I would sort of just neutrally express like here's what japan is you know, here here's what the situation is in japan of course um but i mean there's you know anyway japan is just basically saying okay we're not going to have guns in our in our culture there's no need to have guns in our culture because of course it's such a peaceful place you have so little you know need to worry about you know you, you never are unsafe here so so japan of course has that 
very lucky situation that they can that they can do that where other countries might ne- not necessarily be in the same situation. Were these friends that you mentioned? I I think I heard you say that the first one was also a foreigner. Um, was was so the, the other? First, the first guy is my friend, my American friend, and he okay. got his license. His wife actually wouldn't let him get a gun because she was too afraid of them. So. He basically had to choose between having a wife and having a gun, and he chose his wife. Wow. So. <laughs> good call. Uh, <laughs> good. I was going to say, I personally think that's a good choice as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, safe safe use of guns is wonderful. It's awesome. Um, and and you know, almost everybody in America does that. They, they If they're going to be a gun owner, they do it in a safe way. Um, but obviously not all the time, and that's when... You know, the, the question comes up of what we should do, and there's all kinds of there's all kinds of issues. It's just really difficult. When yeah. I came to Japan, um, one of the things that happened was a boy, a Japanese boy, was in I think Louisiana, and he was going trick or treating, but like like two weeks before Halloween. So it was it was like at a Halloween party, and he was dressed up, and he approached some person's house. The person had a gun, was wondering where this weird guy approaching his house was, told him freeze. And uh, oh, the guy, no. of course, didn't understand English because he was a Japanese high school kid out you know, studying, going, going to school here. And then he just kept walking and the guy shot him dead. So that was I've heard almost that story. more a, a bigger shock than this event because, of course, the Japanese person was involved. And I had like like special classes that I had to teach on how to avoid being shot in America. Literally, that was how that was how shocked Japan was by that. Wow. And I sort of tell you, well, you know, there's there's like like, of course, the Japanese don't know they watch Hollywood movies, they have all these, um, you know, they have an impression of Japan, that is based on media, the same as we have an impression, or they have an impression of America that's based on media, the same as we have an impression of Japan that's based on anime, which of course is wrong. If you if you watch anime, and you think Japan is, is like this, just stop and, and go do do something else for a little while because it's not it's, it's a stylized you know there there aren't uh you know blonde japanese women who are or girls who are uh you know the, the daughter of the zaibatsu and they live in a in a shinto shrine and all these things that just don't happen at all Are there cat girls or mecca yeah yeah all of those things don't exist. um but yeah yes yeah, so, i mean they they have an impression of of our countries through media and and then so I was just trying to sort of you know tell them well you know you have sort of a dichotomy between the countryside and cities and in the countryside you've got more of a you know guns are needed because animals might come out or engines might come out and we have to shoot them or something like that from from the old days and then you've got people in the cities where you you know depending on the city you may or may not have that kind of culture and and people wouldn't have guns I like no one I know has a gun in San Diego they wouldn't it's just not part of our, our local culture. And then maybe if you get out in the in the cities around San Diego, they'll be a little bit different. There's a place called Lakeside, which is like like a small city, uh, about maybe 20, 30 miles out of San Diego. And we sort of view it as Texas because suddenly you get out there and you've got guys driving around with trucks with gun racks. And it's like, well, it's, it's kind of funny. So that's sort of a you know, there's difference between what is you know like a rural America and, and urban America. And, and that's part of what our gun, our, our gun culture is a part of because it's, you know, yeah you know, it's, it's part of this side or part of that side. The, the first time I heard that story about the Japanese boy getting shot on Halloween was in one of my classes that I taught or that I was teaching at, at Akaiwa, and that was only a few years ago. And I think that was right after one of the prior 
really bad shootings, and it might have been the one where the guy was do- shooting people in the in the Batman movie. I'm sure you, I'm sure you remember oh, that. Oh yeah. And, I actually um, saw Batman like five hours after that shooting oh, man. in New York, and there were police everywhere because they were just just freaking out. Oh god. So the the people that I talked to, and this was a conversation that sort of was echoed throughout the the two week period afterwards. Um, was that a lot of Japanese people, at least in my impression from these conversations, is that Japanese people think that America is kind of uh, like scary and dangerous, I guess is the way to put it. And I think that there's sort of a, um, I, I don't know how to sort of ex, you know put the exclamation point on that, but I feel like, you know, people, I would ask people, you know, would you ever travel to America and, and travel around? And, and, and I, 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 get, I get concerned about events like these because I feel like it's sort of, taints the public perception that you know just that a lot of japanese people wouldn't even want to come to america because of the fear of all the terrible things that they see on the news and i can't blame them but uh you know is that is that even remotely accurate like would you say that's an accurate sort of perception based on our media um i mean they they get they get anxious like like first of all the japanese are i've always really like as an American, I really like this, that they are all, they are the most pro-American country ever, even literally more than any other country. They, 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 you know, love everything about our culture. They, of course, depending on like, like the older generation really loves everything. They love Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. They love, you know, James Dean. Um, and, and, but really like everybody, you just have this sort of very, very positive view of America. They, they like Hollywood movies. They like our, you know, our culture and our, our sort of, you know, we, like we package our culture and we sell it around the world. And the Japanese are very, very happy buyers of our culture, basically. And so they very much do have a very good relationship with us. Um, and but yeah, when when things like this happen, they they get nervous. But I think it goes back to well, they understand that, you know, if you're if you're in a in a tourist place or if you're in a general place, you'll be fine. That if you're you know in the back streets of Miami, maybe you won't be fine. So don't go to the back streets of Miami. Um, uh, but yeah, I, you know, it is definitely makes me sad when these kinds of things happen. And I'm sure, you know, like the, the tourist numbers will drop off on, yeah. you know, in, in Disney world, things like that. Very sad. Yeah. I mean, that being said, that last comment about, you know, the, the touristy areas are safe, but the backstreets of Miami aren't safe. Well, I, I know, I know how, I know how much Japanese people love Disney. It's, like unbelievable i think they love it more than we do and yeah and um you know that that must be some kind of a, a blow to the sort of tourist culture of japan as, as as it's applied to america because i imagine some japanese people might think twice now before traveling to various tourist spots in the u.s i mean including disney world i mean yeah i mean like after 9-11 japanese stopped going even to hawaii and it was like oh no we're we're concerned that there might be terrorism in hawaii and i was just like no, it's fine. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing to worry about. Just go and have fun and, you know, spend your money and help them out economically. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just human nature. When something like that happens, you know, yeah. people get scared and then they come back to it two months later. Um, I, I think that's, you know. So, I mean, just like one of my, my points is that Japan is they, they have difficulty understanding, you know, the details of all of this. Um and one of the reasons is that Japan is blessed by just not having drama re- related to religion, where there there are Japanese people by and large are not religious, 
or if they like like they'll be they'll if you ask them they'll say no I'm not religious they never do anything that we would that we would view as religious um, and yet when they get married they'll get married in a Christian wedding usually quote unquote Christian wedding and they'll quote unquote celebrate Christmas because Christmas is fun and it's you know a, a nice general thing to do with your kids or whatever um, but then and then maybe as they get towards you know if they like when their parents die suddenly they start to think about Buddhism more and they realize well. I guess I'm Buddhist and they sort of, you know, become officially Buddhist and then, and then they, you know, care a little bit more about the imagery and the, the, you know, details of, of Buddhism and Buddhist tradition and, until they die. That's sort of like the Japanese experience. And then a few people, there are some, there are some slightly different versions. Of course, there are like 1.5% 1, 1. of Japanese are Christians. So there you do have people who, who have a Baptist church that they go to or a Catholic church that they go to. And that's, that's part of things. Um, and you know, there's a very tiny number of Muslims here, a very tiny number of Jews here, things like that. But by and large, it is just like religion is completely separate from, from the Japanese experience and they just have a completely secular country. Uh, it is such a wonderful thing that they don't have any drama about religion. Um, you know, and, and again, that makes it hard for, for them to sort of understand the world. Um, one problem that Japan has is they call it heiwa boke, which means dull in the head from too much peace. So they, like Japanese people will, will have this you know, wonderful, peaceful society and then they'll, they'll go out into the world and they'll think that the rest of the world is like that, like the Japanese, the two Japanese who went to Syria uh, and got captured by ISIS and beheaded. So they, they thought, you know, they'll go out and do some war tour. Or one of them thought he'd go out and do some war tourism and the other guy tried to go and negotiate the, the first guy's surrender or, or return. Um, and then they both got caught and killed. So, I mean, that's just, that's a sort of example that. of how, uh, you know, Japan is, is blessed by this peaceful existence. But if they go out into the world, suddenly they realize, oh, wait, there's, you know, gang shootings in LA. There's, you know, things that, things that, that we don't have in, in our country. Yeah, Japan I, might be one of the most peaceful countries on, I, on earth, I would say. I mean, yeah, just from my knowledge yeah, of it. It's, it's literally like, like, you know, you you like you leave your camera on the bench and you come back the next day and it's still there that that does sometimes doesn't happen but you you know in general it does happen um it, it's it's a really nice aspect of the country like like everyone is so honest here so like i would never be dishonest once i saw a vending machine that had been left open so i'm like okay i could have all these drinks for free if i wanted but i would be just I would be doing this a really bad thing for the society that I live in now so I like you know went and found the guy who owned the vending machine said hey your vending machine was you know not locked and it's standing open so that's a, a sort of example like when you live in an honest society you would never be dishonest yourself whereas all things being equal you know I'm a human being too maybe I would take a can and you know do something differently if I were you know if it's living in America so um do you think do you think that might also be I mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of bringing it full circle. There's a lot of reasons for Japan's stricter gun laws, um, and I think a lot of those reasons can go back to the aftermath of World War II and whatnot. But do you think because of that collectivism that Japan enjoys, that it is easier to have regulations against things like guns um, that? would basically disturb that piece. Do, do you think that there's a, a factor of people would look at any kind of change in regulation 
um, and, and not just surrounding guns, but surrounding anything in general that could dist- disturb it. I'm thinking, too, of the uh, the fairly recent uh, debates, I guess you could call them, uh, political discussions regarding the inter- reinterpretation of the Japanese Constitution to allow a more aggressive force with their self-defense force that can go off and aid in other military or, or be in other countries. And I remember that being a, a big deal for yeah, Japan. Yeah, demonstrations about it. Yeah, do you, do you think that kind of cultural aspect ties back, that that communal aspect of the culture ties back into the anti-violence kind of mentality that Japan has? Um, yeah, basically, so, so one thing about Japan is it's a very top-down country, whereas America is a bottom-up country because America, you basically have a republic that is made up of 50 different republics and then you have this you know this is the national level this is the state level and depending on a crime you commit if you do it in florida you will get this response but if you do it in wyoming you'll get this response because the laws are different and and there's even like with looking at legalization of drugs in colorado or marijuana in colorado that's that's amazing that you can have that that you know okay this state has decided to do this the other states have to respect it. The government, the national government, has to respect it. We hope they will respect it um, going forward. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's America, and so you have quite a lot of difference in each region. Whereas Japan, you almost always have stuff coming right from the top. The government sets a policy, and all of the prefectures. There are forty-seven prefectures. Um, you know, they do it. There, there is, there are, there is, there are legislatures for each prefecture, and they do make some rules that are different from the government. So there might be, you know, like uh, in, in our prefecture, actually, there's a there's a, lo- a local rule that, that children under the age of 18 can't go see movies past 8 p.m. So I was actually blocked <laughs> from going to see a Harry Potter movie with my son once because being in a movie theater after 8 p.m. is seen as being, you know, Frito Koldo or something like that. It's some, it's some activity that might that might end up with the child becoming delinquent so they they shouldn't do it they should be home studying is <laughs> what the, the prefecture was saying that so sounds like, so okay. japan <laughs> yeah i know oh man i mean i could i could almost I, it, it's so japan in general but like i could see it more i guess if it was a the child can't go and purchase a movie ticket like you know high schoolers going off but if the parent right. is there saying no yeah, it's no, okay I'm, it was just like okay whatever <laughs> That's that is that is really funny. Well, I mean, I don't I don't have anything more on this topic, but I think it's I think it's really interesting to now and then illustrate these differences and and kind of as you said, there's there's no judgment passed here in this discussion on what's good, what's bad, what's right and and what's wrong um beyond the right. the funda- fundamental aspects of you know, don't hurt other people i think everyone i think like japan has a tradition of taking its cues like like japan when it when it started to modernize it had the major restoration in 1868 and then it said okay now we're going to be a modern country and and first and foremost it looked to england because england was its sort of senpai of course uh, another island nation that was able to use navy navy and technology to to project its you know, culture and, and, you know, power into the world. Um, and so Japan always was really, you know, let's be like England. So that's why Japan drives on the left because they got all of their transportation technology from the UK. 
uh, and and sort of everything like when when Japan doesn't know what to do, it looks at England and says, "What's England doing? What can we do?" Um, and so basically, like they'll they'll take England's stance on weapons and say, "Okay, that's pretty much what we'll do." So that's that's one of the traditions inside Japan. And yet at other times, like Japan has has followed America more in uh, like like the structure of its economy, its taxes are very similar to what what they charge in America. So it's trying to be pro business, trying to encourage you know economic activity rather than you know higher higher taxes. Maybe um, one thing I've always sort of thought was that one reason anime became popular is that Japan happened to follow America and was an NTSC television standard, not a PAL television standard. So back in the day before flat screen TVs, you could you couldn't watch a movie from if you had a video cassette from Europe or South America, you couldn't watch it on a TV in America because it was a PAL system and you had to have a special player. Ugh. And and Japan and America being on the same TV system was one reason, you know, videotapes and video could just flow across uh, huh. from one culture to the I didn't other. Know that. And so that, like back in the day we would we would have, you know, some friend who had uh, you know he lived in Japan. He would videotape for us, and you never got subtitles. The idea that you would watch anime with subtitles was just crazy. You just watched it. You didn't understand, and you tried to figure it out, or you you asked someone who knew what was going on, uh, and it was just very very mysterious. And yet we would sit around and watch it for eight hours a day. So I don't know what we were doing at the time. I feel I feel like that should huh. that should come back. I mean, I. I th- think that would be some good studying that's just a, that's a true anime addict shit throw right throw throw yourself in the dark end, uh, dark end on the deep end i guess it could also be the dark end of the fandom you're that intense there's this <laughs> so-called dr slump which is by the creator oh, yeah. of dragon ball and and it's you know dumb jokes a lot of potty humor and things like that and so we would watch it and we didn't understand it was cute and we were just having fun and then somebody brought in a tape and had some episodes that were subtitled and then we realized how dumb it was. We're like, wow, we're not going to watch this anymore. It's just not worth our time, uh, just in terms of the story and everything. Oh, God. Uh, Yet it's I feel very like, popular. I was. feel like it's like that guy who gets a uh, a kanji tattoo and is like, it means peace and love. And it's like, nope, nope, that's not what it means. <laughs> it's hemorrhoids. It actually means penis. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I have... I have been in two instances of of breaking the news to people that their tattoos are not what they <laughs> yeah if you're gonna get a kanji tattoo you know first of all take a year to consider whether you really want a tattoo but then you know investigate it investigate it further to make sure you're getting the right kanji and make sure it's not upside down because that happens a lot of times people have one of the one of their six kanjis upside down and it looks really bad so <laughs> Research it before you before you do it. Certainly, or get a Japanese tattoo artist to do it properly. Yeah, <laughs> if you can find one of those. I would I would say go to Japan and do it, but I imagine all the tattoo artists in Japan are uh, not the places you want to be, given the type of clientele they're probably probably serving. yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, as as I said, it was a bit of a heavier topic, but I think it was really interesting, and I think yeah, it's something that it. people are interested in to see see cultural differences between japan and america and this is is one of those places so once again this has been peter payne from jlist and jbox.com check out those websites for all of the translated video games and computer games and adult games and snacks and everything else and keep an eye on all of the social media for the announcements that you are making at anime expo i can't wait to hear what deliciousness you have coming okay thanks a lot
Thanks, Peter. Talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.